welcome, whether you're a fitness professional, a coach, or someone looking for reliable wellness information for themselves, you have come to the right place. This is Better Than Fine. I'm your host, Starling Marshall. I'm a certified wellness coach and personal trainer. And, you know, if my, the very worst of my Instagram feed is to be believed, exercising is about looking hot, about what I can brag about being able to do physically, or should have something to do with my weight and my body fat percentage. It's what I, in the decade I've spent in the fitness fitness industry, have lovingly referred to as sexy fitness. It's fitness that's focused purely on the externals, what we look like, what we can do, what we can show off about. Uh, Let me be clear here. I don't think that we should take our fitness cues from the worst of my Instagram feed, but I have had a problem with that view of exercise for a really long time. It really just didn't jive with my holistic self approach to self-care. And it's probably because I came into the fitness industry as part of a recovery from a chronic illness. So for me, exercise is literally medicine. You know, when I was 23, I struggled physically. I was diagnosed with a chronic illness that could make me sedentary. And when I resistance train, it keeps my joints stable by keeping my muscles strong. So the challenge is that when we're rejecting all the things that we've been taught, then we have to take a deeper dive into what we do believe and Then we have to figure out how do we live those beliefs into a lifestyle. So if you decide, I know I want to get movement in my day. I know that exercise is generally good for me, but I also know I don't really want to do all the things that I've been taught to think about, right? Like exercise is performance or exercise is about aesthetics. What's it look like? If you want to exercise for your wellness, is that a different lens? And how do we think about, how do we go about living a lifestyle that's built that way? That's what this episode's going to be about. So let's get to it. Let's just start with the words exercise and movement. So if you look at the definitions of them in the scientific literature, exercise is the physical activity that's structured, programmed, and aimed at specific physiological outcomes. Okay, so what's that mean? That means you do exercise to get specific results, right? So I'm gonna pick specific exercises to give me specific results. I'm gonna build them into a program. If you're a personal trainer, you're probably intimately familiar with that idea. So how close you are to your results is likely how based on how well-structured your exercise is, how well you mitigate the other factors in your life, like sleep and stress, okay? Movement is any physical activity that results in extra energy expenditure beyond the body's current resting level. Okay, what's that one mean? Well, it means like going for walks, playing with the dog, gardening, running, doing things because they might be fun. Right. So if you're a personal trainer, you might also be familiar with this idea that in exercise, there's three kinds of goals that you program for. You program for aesthetics, right? How do I change how I look? You might program for performance, right? I want to lift something heavier. I want to run faster. 
or you might program for health outcomes. I'm going to write a program to help with blood pressure or A1C, right? Depending on your scope of practice and what you're certified for. So I could write a program that could help someone manage their blood sugar. I could write a program to increase the size of someone's glutes. That's a very popular one right now. Or maybe I could write a program to help someone improve their 5K time, right? Their running speed. But what if I don't have those goals, right? Many times as a personal trainer, I would encounter people who they were exercising for other reasons or they just wanted to get more movement in their lives. So what if my goals are to like myself? What if my goals are to have better mental health or more fun in the day or to reduce the overall stress and improve my stress tolerance? How could we write an exercise program to improve brain health? These are very different goals than that traditional trio of what we think of as fitness goals. Maybe some of you would hear some of those and think of creative ideas for how to program for them. And it's a very fun thought experiment. But generally, those goals fall outside of the definition of what we think of as exercise and more broadly into the buckets of wellness and well-being. So for example, for a long time, it was known that people who exercise are happier. But it was thought at the time that it's just that happy people move more, right? That, that if I'm happy, I'm going to have more energy, I'm going to want to get up and do stuff. And that people who are less happy are just more sedentary, they kind of lounge around. But there are a few great studies out there, like one by, ooh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess up these names, here we go. <laughs> Endrigini, Steptoe, and Hammer, those last two I got, uh, showed in 2016 that if you take people who move a lot and then you make them more sedentary, they start to get depressed. And Edwards and Loprinsky, man, I'm really nailing it today, <laughs> in 2016, they showed that when you take an active teenager and you make them sedentary, they start to get anxious. And Loprinsky also showed in 2017 that when you limit someone's movement, they have lowered life satisfaction. Then they showed that the opposite is also true. If you get someone moving more, they have less anxiety and depression and more happy days. So if you learn that information, and I know the world's going through some challenges right now, I would want to be doing everything I could to take care of my emotional health. And learning that, maybe I start walking, getting more than 8,000 steps a day, not for your heart health in the physical sense, but for your heart health in the emotional sense, your emotional well-being. And so there's all these different ways that that body of evidence could start to affect mental health outcomes or emotional well-being outcomes outside of what we think of as fitness. Maybe it's playing with kids that you like or are excited to be with, having dance parties with your friends a few times a month, go roller skating. Because suddenly it's about unlocking the gate of what counts as movement instead of programming exercise. So you're listening to the Better Than Fine podcast. I'm your host, Darlene Marshall, and we're talking about what does movement look like if we're focusing on wellness and well-being? So here's what we know about movement. When we strip away the baggage around performance, aesthetics, the virtue signaling around health and weight, so obviously, 
some movement is going to be essential for physical health. Even little increases in movement have big payoffs. As my friend Rick Ritchie, the host of the NASM CPT podcast, he likes to say, a little bit of something is better than a whole lot of nothing. And that's true when it comes to your health and movement. So increasing movement doesn't only boost your mood, it also increases your satisfaction with your own life. They can measure this. If we take a satisfaction with life scale and we get somebody to move more, they're happier. They're more satisfied with the life that they're living, even if we don't tinker with anything else in the experiment. Movement activities are often a chance for you to build community, connection, feelings of transcendence, right? If you've ever been to a concert and you're surrounded by other people who are fans of the same music as you and you all start vibing and moving together, that's movement as transcendence. You feel part of something bigger than yourself. Regular physical activity also makes us more resilient to stress. So it's partly because of an increased sensitivity to positive emotion. I think this is some of the coolest research out there. So moderate intensity cardiovascular activity. So this is like going for a power walk, light jogging, dancing for a while, right? It doesn't have to be hit for it to count, high intensity. So moderate intensity cardio for 20 minutes has been shown to make you more sensitive to serotonin, which is one of the hormones that makes you feel happy. So it does that by changing what's called your endocannabinoid system. So the key takeaway here, you're more sensitive to your positive emotion due to neurochemical changes because you did 20 minutes of light jogging. And some research shows that that is as effective, if not more effective than antidepressant drugs, which is not to say, you know, anybody who's suffering, you know, working through some mental health and is under clinical care, don't stop that. But it also has a positive compounding effect with antidepressants. So it makes your antidepressants more effective if you go do 20 minutes of cardio three times a week. And there's plenty of research to back that up. Movement also has protective stimulation in the brain. So when we get more movement, it helps to not only improve performance, creativity, cognition, problem solving, it also protects against degenerative disorders like Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, dementia. Movement does incredibly positive things far outside what we think of as traditional fitness. It even improves your sleep quality with one caveat. It doesn't do that if you are overtraining and overworking. So if you're working out too hard, too frequently, it will actually make your sleep worse. I fall into this pit a lot when it comes to my running training. But this list of all of these benefits that movement has on the human experience, it goes on and on. It lists a dozen more benefits outside of these. So if you're someone who's looking to improve your wellness and well-being, movement becomes this big lever that you can pull and really tip the scales in your life. But where do we start? Well, you're starting by listening right now to the Better Than Fine podcast. I'm Darlene Marshall. We're talking about movement for wellness. And I always start with clients with this one powerful question. This is my favorite question to ask new clients. Is how do you want to feel? Now, caveat that question with, most of the time, 
I get told all of the things I don't want to feel. Well, I don't want to be tired. I don't want to be sad. I don't want to this. That is a avoidance lens, right? Not what you're trying to get away from. What do you want to grow more of? How do you want to feel joyful, excited, enthusiastic, peaceful, at ease? These are all answers that I've gotten from clients. So how do you want to feel? And then you work backwards from there. So once you answer that question, how do you want to feel? Look around at your life. What activities build that feeling? Do you want to be excited? Start scheduling things you can look forward to. One of my clients calls that the texture in her life. She schedules texture ahead of time. What about if you want to feel more joy? Well, I know I feel joyful when I'm when I'm dancing, when I'm moving, when I'm having fun with my friends. So if I start scheduling out things that make me feel joyful, look in your life for activities that build that feeling that involve movement. And then you start shifting your life in ways that bring those activities into your life in a more present way, make them closer, make them obvious and rich, which is not to say I'm not against exercise. It's, it's funny. I don't love the idea of exercise. I also, but I also really love like kettlebell swings and feeling really strong. But if I think about exercising, it turns me off because it's not exciting to me. But if I think about trying to make myself into like the physical embodiment of Wonder Woman, yeah, sign me up for that. So it's partly how we frame it. It's partly what we're looking to achieve. And it's partly what we want. And this is a big one to me. So I'm getting, getting married pretty soon. And I've been training for my wedding for the last six months. Now I got this great friend who's been coaching me and my coach and I have some very specific outcomes that she knows that I wanted. And some of them she felt that I kind of needed. And so her training has been really helpful to me, but I'm also mindful that I need to keep this balance in my life for what I want for myself emotionally long-term and what I want for myself short-term as this very specific payoff. So for example, She actually wanted me to stop running because she felt like I was kind of overworking a little bit. It was going to undermine the muscular gains we wanted. But I know that I need to be running for my emotional health, for my well-being. So we had to compromise. But I'd rather show up to that wedding emotionally healthy with a strong sense of well-being, even if it meant that I was like less subjectively hot by internet standards. But that balance was something we worked on together. So the training outcomes of the exercise were specific. They were programmed by my trainer. Whereas if I've got someone who has more subjective goals, things that don't have these specific outcomes, that I'm going to coach into someone and defer to them about what's best for their well-being. And it's this balance. To me, personal training and exercise is about the objective, whereas coaching and the emotional landscape and all of these other things that movement can be, that's the well-being and coaching side. And it, we need both. It takes both in the fitness industry. But when we're talking about movement specifically for wellness, it's this very different lens. And a lot of it is about how do you want to feel 
what builds that feeling for you, and what's going to help you build the life that you're looking to have for yourself long-term. So we're going to leave it there. This is the Better Than Fine podcast. Like, share, share me your comments, subscribe, and leave us a review if you've been enjoying the show. You can also find me on Instagram. I'm darling.coach and shoot me a DM if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, things you want to hear in future episodes and leave us some comments on YouTube. I'm happy to weave them into our future shows. And thanks.